When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing David Wright, the Executive Director of Practice Development at MO Marketing, where he recruits financial professionals and helps them reach new levels of success with their practice. David, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Seth. It's a pleasure. All right, so let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started in the business? Yeah, that's a great question, Seth. So actually, I started in the business. I was uh, out of the Marine Corps, just started going to college for marketing and finance when I heard about a startup marketing company in my area. Turns out, you know, I was under the impression that they were marketing, doing advertising, things like that. Well, they were actually marketing financial products. I began working with them. Uh, it was actually a company that was owned by an independent annuity and insurance producer. So became life insurance licensed, started working in the field as an independent insurance agent. And they ended up relocating to North Carolina, which I had no desire to leave Michigan at that point in time. So found myself here with Emmado Marketing as a executive director of practice development. I've been with them for five years now and uh, it's been going great. All right. Congratulations on that. So tell us yeah. a little bit about what a day in the life of David looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, to boil it down simply, we are the longest standing insurance and annuity brokerage in the country. We've been around since 1976. We also have a wealth management division. So my job is really to work with financial professionals and help them to scale their business and really produce greater results from A to Z. So just simply put, my job is really to work with financial professionals and help them build their dream practice, whatever that looks like for each individual. And in fact, I just learned recently, uh, Seth, you, Kevin, and I actually have some mutual clients in common. That's awesome. All right, we'll have to talk about that later. What do yeah. you think are some of the biggest mistakes that financial advisors and financial professionals make when trying to grow their practice? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, uh, biggest mistakes. You know, I see a lot of common mistakes made out in the field. And I think the, the biggest difficulty is really for the advisor when they start out as a solo practitioner, they're just kind of trying to survive at that point in time, right? They're trying to bring on anyone that they can as a client. And then as they start to grow, being able to shift from that mindset of, you know, individual producer, I'm out here on an island by myself to actual CEO of a business. And what does that look like? Because there's really only two ways that advisors make money. And that's by being in front of new prospective clients 
and being in front of their current client, right? Servicing them. So being able to delegate everything else that's a barrier of entry there that stops them from generating more revenue, bridging that gap between the entrepreneurial mind and, and the process-driven mind of their team, that's where we facilitate that gap. That makes a lot of sense. What are some of the ways you're helping advisors grow and achieve success? Yeah, so we're helping them identify which marketing funnels work best in their particular marketplace. We're helping them identify what their brand's core values are, you know, what makes their particular firm unique, what's unique about their planning process. Because, I mean, let's face it, financial services is commoditized these days. Anyone can go online, you can type in, you know, what your investable assets are, what age you are, and get back kind of a model portfolio recommendation. So our job is helping them to set themselves apart, really distinguish what is their process and how they can actually be of service to their clients so that they're a value add rather than just a commodity. Now, tell us a little bit about how MNO, how you differentiate yourself from other IMO, FMO carriers, providers on the marketplace. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of IMOs and FMOs out there. Again, we've been around since 76, so we've seen them all. You know, a lot of things that differentiate us, I would say the number one thing is that we actually care about our producers. That's not a dig at anyone else in our marketplace, but I I hear it all the time from the field that, hey, I'm just treated like a number, right? I'm basically only as good as my production for this year. We are a family-owned company. We always have been, same ownership. And we actually care about our clients. We work hand in hand with them. Uh, We really care about their clients as well. So we're always looking for the best strategies that can help them grow their business. But there's a few different things that we do differently. One thing that we're really big on is insourcing versus outsourcing. So there's a lot of marketing companies that have this huge aggregate of different third-party vendors, which nothing wrong with having a network, right? But We're really big on, hey, if this is an actual value that our producers can appreciate, how can we make that better? Well, we can probably improve upon that by bringing it in-house, and it's just a quality control conversation. So we have the largest PR firm in the retirement planning space in-house. We have a fully functional creative marketing department. We have a fully functional seminar and event marketing department, and we have our own Facebook advertising team in-house as well along with all the other, you know, tech stack, we're really big on tech, one of the early adopters there, and all the other back office support that goes along with being a marketing organization. All right. So you have some unique and some compelling marketing solutions to help advisors grow. Talk a little bit about the Attorney Collaborative Network. Yeah. So Attorney Collaborative Network, that is definitely a really big draw for us. Obviously, any advisor that hears about that in the field says, hey, you know, I've been referring people to estate planning attorneys my entire career. And unfortunately, I never get any referrals back. It's kind of this one-way street, right? So we have several attorneys on staff here. We have just a robust experience in the estate planning world. So what we've done is we've actually distilled this process where we pair the estate planning professional with the financial professional. Sometimes that comes from the uh, financial advisor says, hey, I've already been referring my clients to this guy. We have a great relationship. 
I know they struggle with marketing and they don't really have a button down process per se, but they do great planning work. So maybe we can reach out to them and pull them into this network. We give them a national footprint. We give them some marketing collateral, all the shared marketing benefits that our advisors have. And we help them to market and grow the estate planning part of their firm while also working hand in hand with our financial professionals. And at the end of the day, both professionals end up winning. They get better service for their clients. The plans work in alignment and they help all the added marketing value. That's fascinating. How are you getting attorneys to be receptive to learning more about that idea? Yeah. So, I mean, attorneys, they approach their practice from a whole different mindset than the advisors. So we really have to be able to get into their headspace and having the attorneys on staff really helps with that. The other fact is that we have plenty of estate planning attorneys who are already doing this really successfully. So we have those model offices built out. But it boils down to having the conversation with the attorney first to say, hey, this is why this is something that's valuable to your clients and why you should give it serious consideration. Because I know you're approached by financial advisors all the time. You've probably built your practice from referrals from advisors. But this is where we can provide value that those other referrals or referees cannot. And we're not asking you to send us their clients or for you to cut off that referral network. We're simply saying, hey, this is another avenue where you can actually grow your firm, grow your estate planning services, and and maybe even create a second passive revenue stream. You mentioned estate planning several times. Is that the focus of that program? Is the referrals to the and in, in back and forth from the estate planning attorneys? Is that the legal specialty we're working with? Yeah, typically it's a estate planning probate law. And usually it's not just a referral network, but an actual collaboration between the two offices. So we're building out a family office model. And then that's really, really unique. How are you getting, what type of results you're getting in terms of getting the, because financial advisors, you mentioned it, right? We complain all the time that we send referrals and don't get them back. So what type of results are you getting in terms of getting the attorneys to actually send cases back to the advisor? So we're getting massive results with that. In fact, I was just in a room at our mastermind group last week, and I'd say a third of that room on our RIA side was made up of estate planning attorneys. I had attorneys in that room that now have half a billion dollars of AUM that they're doing on an annual basis. Yeah, I mean, uh, it takes some legwork, and there's some time that's involved with that process. You could equate that to recruiting financial professionals. You know, there's a lengthy process there. You have to find the right quality person. And then on top of that, you have to make sure the attorney's core values and their mission lines up with the advisor's core values and mission. But when you do find that right collaboration and and the culture is a right fit and the core values are a right fit, then it's just as simple as saying, hey, we have the process. We already have it mapped out from A to Z. And we're going to teach you exactly how to implement that. You, I mean, it sounds like an amazing program. You also, I mean, you mentioned that there are, there are dozens, if not hundreds of vendors in the industry claiming to provide seminar marketing. Um, Why is what you guys do so different? Yeah. So, I mean, there are, you know, thousands of vendors out there that claim to be direct marketing experts, digital marketing experts, live event experts. What makes us different is, you know, again, our longevity in the business. We've been around since 76. So we've 
seen it all come and go. It, it just gives us a unique ability to say we've weathered the storm. Obviously, the annuity business going back to the 90s, you know, we helped to build some of the largest carriers today. And that, that was all live event driven back in the 90s. So we have plenty of seminar experience. Part of what makes our seminar department so valuable is that we have a seminar specialist on staff, someone who's been an event marketing expert that's going to guide our advisors through each campaign that they do, give them best practices. We also have an Emmy award-winning news anchor on staff who coaches our advisors on how to be more influential speakers and how to tell, you know, really compelling stories about these topics that are very important and making their presentations more dynamic. And then we also have the Facebook advertising team. So we work directly with Facebook and the benefit to our advisors there, because we're not outsourcing that service, there's no markup on that cost. You know, we make money from our advisors doing their business with us. We don't make money from Facebook advertising. So we have somebody that works directly with Facebook. They have all the best practices. We've tracked every campaign that we've done since day one. So that helps us build out, you know, several layers of lookalike audiences to say, hey, these are the people that not only attended our events, but these are the people that actually became clients of our advisors from attending those events. And that helps us to add different layers of filtration when we're targeting those audiences. And we don't have a dog in the fight. If, if Facebook ads don't work in a particular market, we will tell our advisors that we'll say, hey, you know, this is what we're seeing change about the marketplace right now. So you segued perfectly into the next question. You've, how have all the recent changes in Facebook affected your seminar marketing? How are you guys balancing all of that? Obviously, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had his whole congressional hearing that was two years ago, and that changed everything about the way that Facebook actually targeted their ads. So for instance, you used to be able to target your audience by their investable assets. You can no longer target them by their investable assets or their income, but Facebook does have their own little tricks and uh, measurements that they use to gauge someone's particular income level by you know, certain hobbies or interests or likes, pages that they follow actively. That lets them know a little bit more about that audience. So we work directly with Facebook and they give us some of those hints and tips and then on top of that, adding those additional layers to say, hey, we've been doing these campaigns for five years. We know exactly what the target candidate that signs up for our event looks like. So find us more profiles that match that. That makes And then have you started dealing with the changes because of the iOS update? Uh, you know, I, my seminar department would probably have more insight into that than I do because sure. I'm not directly doing the ads myself. I'm sure that they're probably keeping an eye on that. That's something that's going to affect the results of their campaigns. You know, uh, one thing I can say is we did have to kind of redefine what success looked like and redefine the marketing scheme and marketing mix throughout 2020 because of COVID, obviously. So one thing that we did a lot of was virtual events as opposed to live events. And that we had to uh, have a really quick turnaround on that. We were actually named IMO of the year for 2020 because we were, you know, large enough to pretty much get any job done, but agile to be able to adjust quickly to the changing environment. 
That makes a lot of sense. On the recruiting side, how have you noticed the environment, recruiting environment changing, you know, since COVID? Yeah, so actually I've seen a large uptick in advisors that are making changes throughout COVID. And that would seem counterintuitive, right? Because you're already dealing with so many challenges. Why move your book of business at the same time? But I think a lot of advisors realize you know, I'm just not getting the level of support that I should be getting from my back office. And if they're not going to support me through a global crisis, then what are they going to do for me on a go forward basis? So we have seen large scales of advisors shifting. One thing that I've noticed as a big change from a recruiting standpoint is we're starting to see more hybrid planners. So we do have a independent RIA and broker dealer that we own as well. So, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, most of our customers might have been predominantly insurance only producers, whereas now we're starting to see that they're gathering the assets under management. They're selling the broker dealer products as well. They want to be holistic planners. What with all the success you guys have achieved in all longevity, what's your biggest challenge now? That's a great question. I want to say that. I have really any, um, you know, sticking challenges, nothing that, that pops out that says, hey, this is a, something that I struggle with every day. Really, the biggest thing is we just try to get better every day. You know, just trying to master your craft and our industry is dynamically changing. There's some new regulation around the corner every, every year. There's always some new marketing methods. Just trying to stay up to speed and constantly striving to get better. Your passion's obvious. What do you like best about what you do? I like that everything that I do is really measurable at the end of the day. I get to meet a lot of really great people, people like yourself, people like, you know, the advisors that I work with. Uh, They're obviously passionate about what they do and they're passionate about their clients. So being able to measure those results to say, hey, we put together a 12-month plan and this is what it looked like the practice looked like in 2019 versus 2020 or going forward and being able to measure that, you know, it it starts out in small incremental changes. It's very marginal, but once everything comes together, it's a really good feeling. It's a satisfying position to be in. And I love the fact that it is a constant learning position. You never really get bored because there's always something new to learn. There's always a new project to work on. Absolutely. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable for our folks who are watching or listening, want to learn more about M&O. Where is the best place for us to send them? So com is an obvious one. And that's M&O. It actually stands for Michigan and Ohio. That's where we were started. So it's just a callback to our origins. And you can find me on all the social channels, LinkedIn. I'm David Wright, WMS. On Instagram, I'm Team David Mo Marketing. That's M O Marketing. And then on Facebook, I'm David Wright of MO Marketing. So I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, always willing to throw out a free consultation to say, hey, let's just take a look at where your practice is today. You know, what are your goals going forward and how can we reverse engineer that? So feel free to reach out to me and your listeners who really want to be a high growth firm. Uh, always here to take that call. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with David Wright of MO Marketing. David, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Seth. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, and we'll see you or talk to you next time.